I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Hope you're good. Hope you are well. Um, hope you've all had a great weekend so far. I can see there are plenty of you waiting. Apologies uh, for being a few minutes late. I'm getting so much stick in the chat today for being a few minutes late. Listen, let me clear this up one more time. I'm not going to say it every single stream, but we always, always, always set the stream for five minutes before we're actually planning to start because that way everybody gets the notification. You wouldn't believe how many people message me and say, I didn't get the notification. So that's why we do it, right? That's why we set the stream for five minutes before I'm due to be on air. I know I'm about 10 minutes late today and I could sit here and come up with some elaborate excuse as to why I'm late. I could say one of my kids needed me or, or, or you know, something urgent came up. But the truth is, I thought I could sneak in a quick shower before the show and I just lost track of the time in the shower. You don't take your phone in there. You don't take your watch in there, whatever. I just lost track of the time. And then I was running around like a madman to get dressed back down to the man cave. I come and here we are uh, ready to uh, bring you guys another live uh, edition of the show. Hope you're all good. I uh, hope you're all well. As I say, plenty of you in the live chat. Uh, I'm not going to run through the hellos just because I'm late already or piss some people off. And uh, there's so many of you that it will take what feels like an age probably. Uh, but anyway, I <laughs> hope you're good. Uh, over 250 of you with us right now, which means there's no excuse for us not to have at least, what, 100 likes uh, on the board. I'd very, very much appreciate uh, if you could uh, leave a like on the video. It really, really does help. We've got 38 likes on the board uh, and we've got, as I say, uh, 300 of you now live with us. So that's not really good enough. Uh, come on, leave a like on the video. I'm uh, going to ask you for a couple more quick favours uh, before uh, we uh, we move forward. Uh, look, I'm getting stick. In. Arsenal Match Review says, Harry, the original time was seven, uh, not just 10 minutes late. Well, I did change it on StreamYard, which means that StreamYard is not pulling through to YouTube because uh, I definitely changed it because I changed it so that I could have the shower, basically. Uh, so I do apologize. Uh, but anyway, look, I wanted to shower first because it's a special occasion talking to you guys as it is. Um, OK, uh, a couple of quick things before we dive into it. If you do want access uh, to our premium content, a uh, new piece was recorded today, which is going to be uh, available uh, f later on after this, actually, to our members that will be available uh, to everybody else in a few days time. This is one that I do want to share with the wider audience, but I do want the members to get access to it uh, first and foremost. So you'll have it exclusively for a few days. Uh, and if you want to check that out, head over to uh, another slice.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna. The link is in the description. Uh, create your account, log into your account. And then whilst you're there, uh, make sure that you subscribe to the Chronicles of Aguna. You can then access it via the, um, the another slice app, or you can get the RSS feed and plug it in to whichever app it is that you prefer to listen to your podcasts on. Uh, so do check that out. The piece of content is around valuing Arsenal's starting 11. So I've been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of days, hearing crazy valuations. We've heard about uh, Kai Sado being talked about as a £90 million player. We all know what happened with Mikhailo Mudrik as well. 
Uh, the likes of Anthony have gone for way beyond what they're actually worth in most people's eyes. It's not to dig out individual players or individual clubs. I just think the market has gone absolutely mental. And so that prompted me into thinking about how much this Arsenal starting 11 is worth. Um, and so what I did was I ran through all 11 players. I talked about what they are valued on the transfer marked website, uh, but also compared that to what I believe their valuation is and, and came up with a total figure for the starting 11 and obviously individual prices for each of those players. If you check that piece of content out, I think you'll enjoy it. I enjoyed putting it together, certainly. Um, and I talk about how I feel that, you know, there's one thing that's fundamentally wrong in today's game with the way we value players. I know, don't want to spoil it because that'll kind of kill the content. But I talk about what I believe is the mistake that a lot of clubs and a lot of people when judging the price and valuation of players are making today that maybe wasn't such a big deal, I don't know, five, six seasons ago. So I really get into that. We really dig into that. And I think it's a really interesting piece of content. So as I say, uh, members of the show on the Another Slice platform, exclusively available to Another Slice members. Uh, that piece of content will be available a little bit later on this evening for you to check out. I'll tweet it out. I'll post it in the community bit uh, on this channel as well. Um, but yeah, the rest of you will get a look at it, but it will be obviously a little bit later on. Uh, so if you have got ants in your pants and you can't wait to listen to it, not that you know, anyone would actually be excited for a piece of content that I've put together. But yeah, check it out. Uh, really, really would appreciate your support and love on that one. And of course, as I always say, you're not just supporting the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. You're also supporting the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital, to whom we're donating from our membership pot. OK, one more quick favor to ask before uh, we dive into uh, the latest on Moises Caicedo and take some of your thoughts and questions from the live chat. Uh, I just want to let you guys know a lot of you have seen it already and a lot of you have already done the deed, uh, which is amazing. So a massive, massive thank you to those of you. But basically, I find myself in a position now because I'm doing lots of work in the world of football that isn't just around Arsenal. I often find myself sitting there thinking about making content that isn't Arsenal related, right? That's covering topics, um, you know, in the wider world of football, from the wider world of football. I love doing that. I love sharing my opinion on other topics. As you guys will know, I'm a massive Serie A fan. I like to make content around that. I like to do so many different things. But I always think twice about doing it on this channel because I just don't think it's the right place for it. This is an Arsenal community based around Arsenal content. And I just think that if you flood the Arsenal content or you flood this channel with non-Arsenal related content, you then dilute the quality of the channel because you then put content on that a lot of you won't be interested in. So I've decided to set up a personal YouTube channel as well. I'm going to try and make as many videos on that as I possibly can. That doesn't impact this channel or this podcast in any way, shape or form. But if you could do me a solid and go into the description of this episode, click on the link and subscribe to my personal channel. I'll be so, so, so grateful. Um, I put a tweet out last night. I put a message on the YouTube channel last night and we've already got over 500 subscribers on the channel. I haven't even posted a video yet. So to me, that's amazing. But if I could get you guys to help me up to that 1K mark uh, by the time we launch the, the, the first video, that would be amazing. So please, please do. If you enjoy the Chronicles of Aguna, if you enjoy this channel, if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy my content, please support me by subscribing, obviously for free, 
to my personal YouTube channel where I'll be putting lots of other work that I do as well outside of the Arsenal world. Um, if you could go via the link in the description and subscribe to that, I would be so, so grateful. Uh, thank you all so much in advance for your support. OK, we've got over 500 of you with us now. Uh, let's make sure that we get up to 300 likes then. No excuses. No excuses. Um, OK, anyway, let's get into the Arsenal checks. I know that's what most of you are here for. And you're probably thinking, when is this guy going to bloody get on with it? Here we go. Sound a bit like Fabrizio there. There isn't any here we go on the Arsenal Caicedo thing at this moment in time. But Fabrizio Romano has revealed uh, this evening, uh, and I'll read you exactly what he said. He's been very good on this Caicedo thing, to be fair. Uh, he's been very uh, quick. Uh, he's been the first to break the news. I do wonder how he gets the inside scoop on so many stories, Fabrizio Romano. I know a lot of people are not huge fans of his, but got to say like whatever he's doing it works because when it comes to transfer windows he's very much uh, the man that everybody wants to hear from uh, this is what he said uh, earlier on today around about three hours ago at the time of recording he said Arsenal have not submitted a new bid on Saturday for Moises Caicedo but I understand the club are discussing internally about a new proposal worth a 70 million pound total with add-ons included so Arsenal were not done here doesn't mean that we're going to get him. Doesn't mean that Brighton are going to buckle. But Arsenal are not done in terms of wanting to push this that little bit further. Arsenal still feel there is a deal to be done. And I think a big thing, um, you know, I think a big thing here is the fact that, of course, Moises Caicedo has gone on public record as saying that he wants out. And I think that strengthens Arsenal's negotiating position, obviously. But what I found really, really interesting today um, was Roberto De Zerbi's comments around this. Now, I don't know if anybody saw it, but I did watch the Brighton game against Liverpool earlier on today. Congratulations to Brighton, by the way, because that's a big scalp in the FA Cup. But what Roberto De Zerbi said pre-match was that, look, Caicedo's a good person. He's a good guy, I think is the phrase that he used. Um, everybody makes mistakes, referring to the post that he put out. But you know, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see if we can come to a solution that works for everybody. And then in his post-match press conference, he was asked about it again, as you'd expect. And he said, look, we obviously want to keep Moises Caicedo until at least the end of the season. Uh, but when you're a 21-year-old, I'm paraphrasing here, but when you're a 21-year-old in a big club in European competition comes sniffing, you know, it's easy to have your head turned. He also said that he's probably been ill-advised by the people around him. We know that Moises Caicedo has got new representatives of late and maybe that's played a big part here um but he said look we we don't want to lose him but we you know we are prepared for the fact that we might have to push on without him and that to me is very very different from what brighton have been pushing out as a football club I really like Roberto De Zerbi. I think he's a fantastic manager, fantastic coach. I gave him a lot of praise when he took the Brighton job. I really backed him and supported him. And people were asking me about him and, and were saying, well, this guy's not Premier League proven. There's no way he can do it. I think he's fantastic. I think he talks brilliantly for someone whose English is limited. You have to say that. Um, and I think he's handling this situation incredibly well. But Roberto De Zerbi could have quite easily come out and said, having been briefed by his chairman, he could have quite easily come out and said today when the whole media was watching, when everybody was interested in what he had to say about this particular topic, he could have shut this down. He could have said, look, Moises, you know, he he, he thought 
you know, he's been tempted. Obviously, maybe he's made a mistake. We can't wait to get him back involved in the group because he's not going anywhere. He stays a Brighton player at least until the end of the season. Roberto De Zerbi could have done that today and he didn't. He refused to pour cold water on this story. He refused to rule out the possibility of a departure. Is that because he thinks there's a chance that Arsenal come back in with a bigger bid? Is it because he knows that he's not for sale stuff is bullshit to a point? He's not for sale at the price that we've currently offered, but that doesn't mean he's not for sale full stop. It's really going to be interesting to see what happens over the next two days because, you know, obviously time is running out. Time is of the essence. Arsenal, uh, as we hear, according to Fabrizio Romano, are preparing a bigger package for the player. But is it big enough to get him in the door between now and the end of the window? And again, Again, look, I look at this and I do feel, of course, like Arsenal need to bring in a defensive midfielder, right? I'm not going to sit here and pretend that we don't. I mean, we absolutely do. I've said that from the start of the window. I felt like that was the probably outside of bringing in a winger, which we've already addressed. That was the most important thing. We didn't or we haven't up until now. We've brought in a central defender, which, yeah, was on the list, but nowhere near a priority for me personally anyway. And so as a consequence of that, having done that bit of business, I would be frustrated if we miss out altogether on a defensive midfielder. But I guess my feelings around this have almost intensified following the injury that Thomas Partey picked up at Manchester City. Now, there are murmurs and rumours that the Thomas Partey injury, fingers crossed, isn't as severe as initially feared. And if that's the case, that's great for Arsenal. But it doesn't mean we should sleep on that position. It's almost like, a, you know, when you have a bit of a scare and that scare forces you to take action to then prevent what could happen in the future. That's what this feels like. If Thomas Partey is back available for the weekend, that is fantastic news. But, you know, if he's not, then that only increases the need for us to go out and get that defensive midfielder between now and the end of the window. I think there's a need regardless, but that need becomes greater if indeed he is injured. And obviously we go to Everton at the weekend. Sean Dyche is the new boss. That's not going to be easy. You know, we talk about new manager bounce. They'll probably get that under Sean Dyche. Obviously, if we're good enough and we're at our best, we beat them. We should beat them. But it's not an easy place to go, Goodison Park. Mikel Arteta will know all about that, having had such a long association with the Merseyside club. But yeah, I just... I just feel like, you know, if we don't bring in some sort of defensive midfield reinforcement, and it doesn't have to be a 70, 80 million pound player, just someone who is competent or more competent than Sambi Lakonga in his current, you know, state would be, would be, would be good, would be a positive. I really feel like we need it because if we don't, we could well end up kicking ourselves come the end of the season. We've got a, a, an opportunity this time around to create history. It's not a given that we're going to do it. It's not easy. It's not going to be easy. It's not easy to hold off a Manchester City side who I expect to push on now and really try and hunt us down. But we're certainly capable of doing it if things go our way. And one of those big things is in defensive midfield. And, you know, yes, the injury to Elneny has probably increased Arsenal's need in itself. But if Partey's injured now too, then this is a real, real problem. The club obviously feel that Caicedo is a good fit. Otherwise, they wouldn't have even opened talks at such a high amount of money. When you think the Mikel Art in the Mikel Arteta era, we've never gone more than like 51, including all add-ons, million pounds on, on a single player. 
So for Arsenal to stretch that far for whether it was Mudrik or Caicedo says a lot about how much Arsenal rate this player and value this player. But obviously, we still have a ceiling with regards to what we can spend. And I just hope that that ceiling isn't the difference between us getting the player that we need to go on and win the league and, and us not doing that, because that will be difficult to take when you look back on it, especially when we've just spent 20 odd million euros on a centre-back, which probably could have waited. So that's how I feel about it. But as I say, Roberto De Zerbi today did not shut the idea or the possibility of Moises Caicedo leaving between now and the deadline. He did not shut that down, which suggests that if Arsenal push that little bit harder, there may well be a deal here to be done. Tom, uh, thank you so, so much for your super chat donation, mate. Really, really uh, appreciate your support of the channel. It means the world to me. Um, just a quick reminder before I read this. If you haven't done so already, like the video. There's nearly 900 of you with me live right now, which is pretty incredible. Only 200 likes on the board, though. I'm going to set a target of 500 likes between now and the end of the episode. That should be light work. So please do like, subscribe as well. Big thank you to everybody on YouTube because you got us over the 26,000 subscriber mark the other day as well, which is pretty amazing uh, when you think about it. On to 30,000 we push. Uh, but please do, as I say, subscribe if you're watching without being subscribed. It doesn't cost a thing. If you want to join our premium uh, service over on another slice to get access to more content, exclusive content uh, for you guys, then you can do so via the link in the description. Tom says, it's being reported at Sky that Arsenal have been told not to make another bid by Brighton. He's not for sale. Aren't they really playing with fire with this player resenting them? Well, publicly, as I always say, Brighton are going to give off one message. Um, and, and that message is is one of strength. And, and they'll want to show that they can't be bullied and that they're not pushovers. I think that's something that Brighton will be determined uh, to display between now and the end of the window. Not necessarily because they're completely close to the idea of Moises Caicedo moving on. I think when a player gets to this point, you kind of do want to let them go. On the one hand, though, for Brighton, that sets a bad precedent. If if they're showing players that with a social media post, you can force your way out on terms that are not befitting of Brighton and Hove Albion Football Club, then that sends a bad message. You know, who's to stop the next one? You know, Alexis McAllister, for example, going on social media and saying, I want out when a club has offered way less than what Brighton value him at. Um, whether I agree with that valuation is a, is a totally different thing. But you see the point I'm trying to make here, Tom. Uh, so Brighton will want to dig their heels in, but Brighton are not completely closed off to a deal. If they are, if Arsenal up their offer and Brighton refuse and a deal doesn't get done, then I will turn around at the end of this transfer window and I will say, you know, well done to Brighton because they didn't buckle under player for, under player pressure. Um, but I'll also look at Arsenal for not going that extra mile to make sure that the deal does get done because I really do believe that there is a price at which this deal gets done. How over the top you believe that price is 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 down to you. I certainly believe it's over the top. Um, you know, if, if you think about it, we paid £45 million for Thomas Partey. So are we saying that Moises Caicedo, and I know he's young and I know he's got that potential and he's got longevity and, you know, a long road in front of him. But what I'm saying is like right now in his current form is Moises Caicedo better than two Thomas Partey's because that's what Brighton is suggesting in his price and the answer is no right the answer is he's not even as good as one Thomas Partey right now but you've got that career in front of you and that's what adds the value and this is where I think that sometimes we place too much on uh, the idea of potential and not enough on what a player is going to bring you now 
you know, you pay the money now in a lot of cases, don't you? You don't pay it in five years time. Yeah. Sometimes you do deals in installments, et cetera, et cetera. But I really do think this is a big problem in football at the moment. Um, don't forget to leave a like guys. Come on. Um, there's over 900 of you with me right now and we've only got 260 likes on the board. We're halfway to the 500 target I've set. Please do leave a like if you're with us now. Uh, thank you, Tom, uh, for your very, very kind donation. Um, if, if Moises Caicedo isn't allowed to leave, then he'll have to just get on with it, wouldn't he? Won't he? He'll have to, um, he'll have to get his head down and get on with it. Uh, a lot of people uh, saying this this afternoon. Uh, Kun says uh, he's coming, Harry. The deal is nearly done. Brighton are trying to get Amadou Haidara as his replacement. Another bid made today by Brighton. Well, you do feel that if Brighton were open to this, they'll be looking to bring someone in to cover that position. Roberto De Zerbi made it clear in his press conference today. I've never sat and watched a post-match Brighton press conference in full uh, as I did today. But, you know, I was interested in what De Zerbi had to say. Um, but yeah, look, if they get Amadou Haidara in, maybe they'll be more open uh, to the idea of letting him go again, though, if that valuation is met. Eric Welch uh, says, has Brighton to Arsenal become the new Southampton to Liverpool? It feels that way, doesn't it? Uh, big hello to Wandering Minstrel. Hope you're good. Uh, he says, greetings, Harry, and all fellow loyal gooners. Hope you're well, my friend. Uh, Wesbird says, in my humble but accurate opinion, regardless of Partey being injured or not, we need strength in depth. Otherwise, we risk jeopardising our chances of finishing as high as possible. Yeah, I think we can all agree. Um, I think we can all agree that, um, yeah, that it's um, it's it's a risk, isn't it? It is a risk. Uh, question about the 90-min show. Kun says, is Grizz back? Will you be doing the roundup on 90-min? We're not doing a roundup tomorrow uh, because it was an FA Cup week. Grizz is away. Uh, a couple of our production people are away as well. Uh, so we're not going to be doing an FA Cup review. We will, though, be back on Thursday in the 90-minute studio for a look ahead to another round of Premier League action, which should be interesting. Uh, what else have we got in the chat box? Um, see what we've got. Uh, Sniper Scope says that the market has changed a lot since then, though, Harry, referring to my Thomas Partey comments. I know, man. I like. I, I know it has. I know that it's changed, and I know that it's not always easy to make those types of comparisons. But it just, it just frustrates me. I just find it so strange that we're in this place where people are willing to pay that type of money. Like, there's a handful of clubs that will do it, and what they've done is killed the market for everybody else, man. And like, they were all complaining about the Super League. They were all mo like, the Chelsea fans went mad about the Super League, and then they got to watch Todd Bowley throwing money left, right, and centre at everybody and anybody and overpaying for people, um, you know, probably even when it's not necessary. Like you just, you, you look at that and and you think we did, we thought we'd beaten this idea of a super league and, and yeah, we beat it in theory, but all we've got now is a, a slightly tweaked version of it just in the form of the premier league. That's what's happening. It, it really, really is. People laugh at me when I say that it's absolutely right. Uh, what else have we got? Um, a few of you saying that Kaiseido's Instagram post seemed more like a farewell post uh, than a um, than a sort of, uh, you know, I want to go. Yeah, could argue that. Aman says, uh, Harry, are you aware that Chelsea are willing to pay $120 million for Enzo Fernandez? Again, absolutely mad money. Absolutely mad money. But do you know what? Enzo Fernandez 
went to the World Cup, won the World Cup, um, and and obviously had been someone that had been talked about as one of Europe's rising stars actually for a little while. So I still don't agree with 120 million for Enzo Fernandez, but I understand why his price is high. I don't really understand why Caicedo's is where it is, apart from the fact that it will be from Premier League club, club to Premier League club. And again, this is a problem we have. But Enzo Fernandez, his stock is incredibly high. He's been brilliant for Benfica for a little while now. Obviously went to um, the World Cup, won the World Cup, played very, very well for Argentina. And so that has allowed Benfica, who are notoriously very good sellers, to be able to whack that premium on on top. Uh, Dial Square, thank you so, so much for your very kind donation, says Harry, this deal makes no sense unless you measure it against the value of winning the Premier League. If this guy is the difference, it's a bargain. That's a really good way of looking at it. Um, it is a really good way of looking at it. But I think where we have a problem or, or, or a bit of an issue here is that so you or I would look at it in this way. OK, you or I would say. If it's the difference between us winning the Premier League and not winning the Premier League, then it is absolutely worth every single penny. But we're not the people fronting up the money, is what I would always say to that. We are not the people taking the financial risk. Therefore, it's undeniable that it's easier for me or you to sit here and say, if that's the difference between winning the Premier League or not, let's do it. I'm not the one fronting up in excess of 70, 80 million pounds. I'm not the one spending that money against my business. And let's be honest, right? We can talk about how great KSE have been of late, how much maybe they've turned the corner, how much more Josh Kroenke seems to care about the football club than his father has in all the years he's been involved. All of that is valid and all of that is something that I completely agree with. But it is still a business. It is still a business to these people. It is still an asset. It is still something that is more than just the football team, which it is for, for us, it's our football club. For us, it's our football club. But to them, it's their football club and it's their business. And so the way they will view that is very different to ours. And, and also as well, if you don't have the money, you don't have the money. Like I've been to the shops loads of times and, you know, looked at stuff and went, oh yeah, you know what? I like that. You know, I was going to spend 50 quid on a pair of trainers, but I like those trainers you know, they're 80 quid. Shall I push the boat out? Shall I, shall I go and get them? Shall I, you know, make that, that little bit of a jump just to, to get the ones that I really like? All well and good if you've got that extra 30 quid knocking around in your bank account. But if you don't have it, then how do you go further? You know, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. And again, we're not privy to all of the financial stuff. We, we see some results from time to time, but we don't know the ins and outs. We don't know what the cash reserves look like. We don't know where that money would be coming from. We don't know the structure of any potential deal. And, and people say, yeah, but Arsenal are going to be in the Champions League next season. And that's great. But then you're already writing off the money that you're hoping to make from that. So it's a, it's a bit of a gamble. And the question is whether that this fits into what is clearly a calculated gamble by Arsenal and by KSE to try and get themselves back into the Champions League. They spent money over the last few years without bringing much in. But again, we're not the ones that have to front up the money. So I take on your point, Dial Square. I think it's a really valid point. I just think it's a fan's point of view rather than a club one. Uh, big hello to Mr. Tony, uh, who says, any further buys is to get us to win the Premier League. If finishing in the top four is the current goal of the board, I do not believe we'd be looking to strengthen the team mid-season. I think the fact that they went out and bought Leandro Trossard already tells us 
that they're looking to win the league, that they want to win the league. Of course they do. Look at where they are. Um, but again, if you don't have that extra money, then you can't really do much about it, can you? If you, you know, if you want something that's eighty pound, but you've only got fifty pound, then you can only spend fifty pound, and you got to try and find the best deal possible. That's just how it goes. Uh, Ginger Gooner in the chat says, "When will the club be announcing Caicedo? Yeah, uh, hopefully in the not too distant future." Um, quick reminder, guys: there's over a thousand of you live watching me right now. Only three hundred thirty-seven likes on the board. We're aiming for five hundred. So if you could help us with that. I'd be extremely grateful. Also, uh, if you're joining us late, which plenty of you have joined uh, us, of course, throughout the duration of the show, uh, I've decided to start my own personal YouTube channel as well, uh, on which I'll be discussing all sorts of football topics outside of Arsenal. All the Arsenal stuff will stay here, but I am doing loads of work now on other clubs, on other games, and I want to be able to share content around those things. It will be different content to this uh, but if you could please subscribe to that brand spanking new channel, I would be grateful. Uh, we're going to kick off uh, with the first video once we get closer to that 1,000 subscriber mark. We've got 585 on the board so far, which is amazing when you think that a single video hasn't gone up on there yet. But um, if we could get that as close to 1,000 as possible, I would be delighted. So the link is in the description. Click on it. It's the Harry Simeon YouTube channel. Please do subscribe to that. I'd be so, so grateful. Let's take a couple more of your comments and then I'm going to dash off and watch uh, Napoli-Roma. Big, big game in the Serie A. I've already missed a few minutes, but I owe it to you guys because I was late. Uh, Harry, do you feel Caicedo's attitude and mentality would be right for Arsenal FC? Arteta doesn't like players talking too much on social media. Um, I know where you're coming from. And, and I said the same thing about Mudrik. So I'd be a hypocrite now if I didn't highlight it when it comes to Moises Caicedo. I don't like players doing what Moises Caicedo's done. I think it's come from his new agents. I think it's come from his representatives. Obviously, he's still allowed that to happen, which is obviously a mistake on his part, but he's a 21-year-old kid. I did all sorts of stupid things when I was 21 years old. You know, I don't I don't think people should be, um, you know, hung out to dry based on mistakes that they make when they're young and impressionable, as long as they learn from them, of course. Uh, that's That's the most important thing. And when we're talking about mistakes, you know, putting a few words on social media, it is a mistake and it is wrong, obviously. But is it a mistake that actually harms people? We should be focusing on the mistakes that have much wider repercussions than something like that. But also, look, Mudrik did it. Arsenal still tried for him. Arsenal went very far in terms of what they were willing to offer, but ultimately not as far as Chelsea. So it didn't bother Mikel Arteta then. Leandro Trossard had problems at Brighton and was uh, ostracised at the end um, as a result of his attitude and some of the stuff they were putting out in the media. Mikel Arteta didn't have a problem with that either because they brought him to the club. So I don't think that it would be a big issue for Arsenal, but it is something that raises something of a red flag for me. I have to say, Clement, if I'm being completely uh, honest about that. OK, um, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I'm going to love you all and leave you all. Uh, thank you for tuning in. can't believe how many of you are with us live at the moment. Don't forget to leave a like on the board. Uh, we're not a million miles away from that 500 target, around about 100. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Uh, check out the membership proposition on the Another Slice platform via the link in the description and check out my brand new YouTube channel as well, which is uh, going to be uh, covering a wider variety of footballing topics outside of the world of Arsenal. Uh, as I say, got nearly 600 subs on there already and we haven't even posted a video yet. So if we can get... 
uh, closer to a thousand. That give me the kick up the backside. I need to get it started and get it moving uh, sooner rather than later. Thank you all so, so much for your love and support, uh, for your kind donations, uh, for your likes, all of that. Uh, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more Arsenal related content. Until then, have a good evening. Enjoy what remains of your Sunday. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. <laughs>